0: Hunting a Killer is a fictional story recorded in chronological order. If you have not listened to the previous episodes, please go back and start from the beginning. We'll be here waiting for you. It's cold, dark, grey, and black. I'm standing on the banks of the Susquehanna River. I can see Weiss Island directly across from me. Fog is rolling in from the surrounding trees. It's so dark. I can see no stars. Just blackness I can hear the river and the feeling of pain and sorrow creeps in and consumes me then I notice something on the shores of Weiss Island my fears are soon realized the shape appears to be a woman the figure is laying face down away from me in the fetal position I can't see who it is I call out to her You, you, Lillian. Lillian? This is the FBI. No response. No movement. The darkness, all around. The shadows' impressions begin to feel like they are touching me. Lillian, damn it! Damn it! Stay there. Stay there. I begin to move in an effort to swim across, but I feel restraint at my ankles. I look down. The dark mud has trapped me like quicksand. I cannot free myself. I feel the presence of eyes, of being watched. I slowly lift my gaze to see the black silhouette of a man. He is standing near the body of the woman, and he is clearly looking at me. The black figure turns to face the woman. She has not moved. William, I'm gonna you. The, the figure turns to me, and now I can see its eyes. In contrast to the pitch blackness surrounding me, the eyes are an icy blue, brilliant, bright, and evil. I get no response. I pull my eyes from his freezing stare and look at the woman. To my shock and dismay, the woman is now facing me and is quite clearly Special Agent Jess, her eyes locking onto mine. I frantically try to loosen my legs from the muck. Jess? Jess, Jess, it's not safe. I need you to get up. 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 Jess? Jess? As I scream the words and struggle to move, the black figure turns and suddenly erupts into a burst of flames. So bright and hot, I feel the warmth hit my body with a stunning force. I shield my face. When I look back, the once dark silhouette is lit with fire. He moves towards Jess. No, stop! Jess! Jess! Get up. Get up. Don't you hurt her. Closer he moves. He's right over her. Closer. Closer. Reaching towards her closer 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 closer, closer. Oh my God. It's just a dream It's just a dream After my nightmare this morning, I decided it was time to take a breather, so I've come back to my place of peace, the lake. It's been a while since I've returned here, and had a chance to decompress. It's a beautiful morning, the sun is starting to heat up in the air, and the animals and birds are fast at work in their daily routines. I see some pebbles along the shoreline. I pick up a few and try my luck at skipping stones. I'm not very good at it, but those ripples in the water trigger my thought process. The ripples distort the reflection that was crystal clear moments ago. Maybe it's time I recognized the same thing in our case. Just maybe, What I see in our investigation is similar to water shifting from a stone's throw. Maybe new ripples in the case will reveal what has always been beneath the surface. Circular Logic Studios presents... Bill Interrupted Production The case staggers along slowly, The one thing I look forward to is spending time with Special Agent Jess. As you may have expected, we received yet another delivery from Listening Friends of America, and once again Jess hacked the website and was able to obtain the Inspector Inventory Sheet. This report, like the previous three, was written by Jacob Nielsen, the same Jacob Nielsen who was abruptly appointed the vice president of the Darlington, Maryland facility. Now remember, we aren't supposed to be reading these inventory reports. The inspector assigned to the package is meant to take note of each item and leave a brief description and comment for record-keeping purposes. Again, the only reason we continue to view these is because of the efforts of my boss, Jess. With that said, let us begin with the first item listed on the report, and it's always a good place to start. The Listening Friends of America Welcoming Letter. Dear Listening Friend, As always, thank you for your support in helping us in our continued mission to connect those who need it most. It is a noble cause and worthwhile use of your precious time. Remember that our patients, your friend, live a more content, robust life as a result. We have, in order to streamline our operations, temporarily suspended some of our communications while we reorganize. What this means for you in practical terms is that you may see somewhat sporadic delivery of our newsletter. Please do not worry though. If there is anything of critical importance that you will absolutely need to know, you will be notified. You have my assurance on that. It is possible that you may have recognized our organization in the news recently. Even though we were not explicitly identified, as a member of our family of friends, I would like to assuage any concern you might have regarding this matter. Our official policy is to always be working with local authorities in whatever way we can, and neither you nor your friend will be affected by any recent events. As always, your privacy and well-being is among our utmost concerns. Listen well. Your friend believes in you. Sincerely, Jacob Nielsen. Vice President, Head of Darlington Operations, Listening Friends of America, www.listeningfriendsofamerica.org At the very bottom of the letter is some very small print. It reads, Underneath Relic Teachings New obsidian scarlet crowns adorn every wizened yearning now the inspector inventory sheet notes item listening friends of america letter commentary i suppose there must be some reason it was written this way well, first, besides the constant warnings that nothing at Listening Friends of America will change, it's obvious major changes are underway within the company. Secondly, a few things jumped out visually in this letter. It's completely written in undercase letters, except for a few choice words. Eleven words have capital letters in them, and all of the words that are capitalized do not begin a sentence as one would expect. The random capital letters are within sentences. So why would this be? It is strange that Jacob Nielsen, a well-written person from previous letters and reports, is now suddenly lacking basic grammar skills. We tried pulling the capitalized words and scrambling their order in an effort to make sense of them. Despite our best efforts, The 11 capitalized words did not contain a secret message of any kind. So, what could be their importance? And what's with the seemingly haphazard words at the bottom of the letter? It wasn't until many days later, when Special Agent Jess had an idea.
1: This letter had been on my mind since we received it. I knew there had to be some kind of meaning, hidden message, with all of those random, almost strategically placed words. I could not, for the life of me, let it go. He wanted this to stand out. He did this on purpose. And those words at the bottom of the page, underneath, relic, teachings, new, obsidian, scarlet, crowns, adorn, every, wizened, yearning. Seriously? What were they for? Well, I decided to put tracing paper over the letter. This way I wouldn't ruin the integrity of the actual physical evidence. I used a highlighter and highlighted all of the capital letters. U R S O T C N A E W, Y. That was the order they were in, in the letter. Using the tiny words at the bottom of the letter as a guide, I followed the order of the first letter of those words, and essentially connected the dots, as if I were a little kid again. Man, I love puzzles. Lo and behold, I discovered his secret message. After connecting all of the dots in the exact order as the words at the bottom of the letter The lines and highlighted circles, all connected, revealed the constellation Draco. Which takes us back to our first package we've ever received, with the constellation map. Are we really going into Greek mythology again?
0: She's damn good at this. I told you. I would have never made that link. The Draco reference may also be related to the image John William James sent us Cadmus slaying the dragon and the still yet unidentified tooth we received. Another dragon connection in our case pertains to the image with the dragon and the doctor Faustius. There are too many instances of dragons popping up to be a coincidence. And another thing bothers me. Why exactly is Jacob Nielsen attempting hidden messages in his letters? Doesn't that sound more like a thing John William James would attempt? One more note before we move on. The welcoming letter says, It is possible you may have recognized our organization in the news recently, even though we were not explicitly identified. Keep that quote in your memory. We will address this later. Our next item was the Concord Point Lighthouse Postcard. The Inspector Inventory Sheet lists it as Item Number Two Concord Point Postcard. Comments What roads would lead to this tall structure? This postcard shows the Concord Point Lighthouse, located in Havard de Grace, Maryland. What roads lead to the lighthouse? It is possible the lighthouse is related to an obelisk, something John William James has mentioned in his past correspondence. A little history lesson. The Concord Point Lighthouse is the northernmost lighthouse in the Chesapeake Bay and it sits at the area where the Susquehanna River flows into the bay. The lighthouse was built in 1827, and it is the second oldest tower lighthouse still standing in the Chesapeake Bay. While the postcard is nice looking by all accounts, why would we receive this in our package? To what purpose does it serve? We also received a Listening Friends of America pencil. The inspector inventory sheet simply says for its comment about this item, Well doesn't this seem a bit off the mark? Nothing appears out of the ordinary concerning the pencil. In and of itself it seemed nothing more than a gift. But as we found out, Special Agent Jess used it to connect the dots With the sparely used capital letters in the Listening Friends of America welcoming letter, thus revealing the constellation Draco. Was this pencil included for this purpose? But now, let's explore the correspondence from the ever curious and measured John William James. "'My dearest friend, you are my light, my star in the night. "'It appears that since our relationship began, "'I have found my way through the monotonous dark that was my every day. "'Though I must admit, my living conditions here were not always deplorable. "'Funny, isn't it, how things change? "'I was once allowed a two-way correspondence, "'and in fact made an acquaintance through that avenue. "'She was a lovely young woman.' and I admired her all the way to the end of our arrangement. As my friend, I think it is only right that you get a glimpse into her life, too. I was recently allowed access to my personal goods in the storage units here. Why don't you take one of her letters? Consider it my gift to you. Something to read and leisure. Have you seen the news lately? It appears that our star-crossed friend Lloyd finally met his fate. He had a reputation as a lion, but he really was a lamb. You knew. You fit the pieces together. Upon reading McGowan's article, I was reminded of a moment in my childhood. I remember standing by the front door of our little house, in the hallway that connected all of the rooms on the first floor to the stairs leading up. It was from there that I watched my father one night, ripping the meat from a rack of pork ribs, with his teeth. Watching him, I was transfixed by the way the glistening tendons tore and snapped in his yellow teeth. I was standing there because he would not let me leave. Our neighbor had asked me to water her flowers while she was away. My father saw it as an opportunity to have the better of the two flower beds. He demanded that I neglect my chores so the flowers would dry. When I protested and ousted him as a poor neighbor, he only said one thing to me. You can act up the case. Let hers dry. Repeated over and over. It worked. I stood. I watched my father chew flesh while my neighbor's flowers died. Always. John William James Poetic, as always. His style of writing often reminds me of the inspector inventory sheets and welcoming letters. There couldn't be any way John William James is behind all of this, could there? Of course, I have no proof of this. Now, John talks about a mysterious woman he had a two-way relationship with. He did include a letter from her. And it is disorienting, and another surprising revelation in our case. More information on that in a bit. He speaks about news regarding Lloyd McGowan in an article pertaining to him. Again, we will address this in just a moment. John then goes into detail about his father's parenting techniques, and his perspectives. He appears to be a stern man... Little in the way of humor, concerned mostly with himself and what he can gain of a situation. Rather than advise his son to be a good, respectful neighbor, he demands that John refuse kindness and compassion. It is certainly odd. John William James has never had nice things to say about his father, and this is farther proof of such. And his father's phrase, You can act up the case, let hers dry, must have a deeper meaning. Even the inspector inventory sheet points that out. The comment is, What an odd sounding sentence that is. What does it mean? I can't say. I find myself repeating the words, hoping to form a breakthrough. Like I said earlier, there must be more beneath the surface, yet I'm having a hard time making any waves.
1: Now Let's discuss this letter from this woman John mentioned in his correspondence It's a letter from Heather And our inventory sheet states Old letter from Heather to Mr. James The comments state Wasn't it Heather who was the last to write back to Mr. James? Wasn't she the last allowed to write him back at all? So the letter reads Dear John, I'm happy to hear things are settling down for you I'm sure it isn't easy Lost in a cold place like that I'll be sure to send you a mixtape with that DJ. He really is the coolest guy on the radio these days Hopefully you can get some comfort in his music. I want you to know that I've been thinking about what you said about Alan and me and everything. I think you're right Alan thinks he's better than me He thinks he's better than pretty much everyone. He knew how I felt. He told me he loved me, and then, psych, that was it. Not for long. I'll bring some beer over to his house when his parents are out, and I'll set him straight. But you get me already. That's one of my favorite things about you, obviously. But even more than that, you care enough to try to get me. I just wanted to thank you for that. I wish we could meet someday, and I could thank you in person. Anyways. Good luck with the bottled water. I hope you get it. I love the sound of water. Don't you? Love, Heather. Um, interesting, right? Yeah, I thought so, too. Who is this girl? Remember back in the second package we received, there was a Heather mentioned? Is this the same Heather who George Madsen asked to decrease McGowan's medications? Is she a nurse? Does she have a medical background? Did she work at the Darlington facility? She sounds a bit unstable to me, and her wording sounds a bit immature, perhaps much younger. I don't know, but what I do know, we will find out who she is and what part she played in the murder of Lillian Grayson, if at all. Another striking piece of evidence we received is what looks like a photocopy of a corkboard with news articles pinned to it. To be more specific, articles about bodies which have been found. One in remote Western Tennessee, one in Virginia, one in Maryland, and one in the mouth of the Susquehanna River. The first article reads, with the headline being, Death on Potomac, shocks small town. It reads, The quaint setting of Indian Head, Maryland is not the location one might imagine to be the backdrop of a grisly murder, but that's just what it became over the weekend, maybe. A body washed up from the Potomac Saturday morning, and investigators are trying to figure out just what happened. Officials are also trying to figure out just who should be investigating the murder. When we figure out who this is, we'll know how to proceed, a spokesman for the local department said. The initial phase of the investigation will be handled by local Maryland authorities until more information is uncovered. Despite the location of the body, authorities say the cause of death was not drowning, but rather a deep penetrating wound to the liver. A spokesman for the police department, and of course the rest of the article, not that there's much left, is cut off by another article. The next article is headlined, Body Found in State Park. It reads, A man hiking through Meeman Shelby Forest State Park yesterday discovered the body of a man just a few dozen yards off the trail. I just went over to use the bathroom in the bushes, he said. Police have yet to identify the victim, as long-term exposure to the elements and wildlife has made identification difficult. It remains unclear how long the body had been in the woods, but evidence suggests it could have been three weeks or more. The cause of death, according to the police, was penetrating abdominal trauma to the liver. There are no leads as of yet, and the police are asking the public for assistance. The third article reads, with a headline of, Grizzly Murder Shakes Quiet Town. Police discovered the body of a young man in his parents' home in Highland Village last night when a neighbor called to complain about the noise coming from the house stereo. The young man, whose identity has not yet been released, was home alone while his parents were away at a business gala function in Dallas. The young man died from a large puncture wound to the liver, authorities said, and his tongue had been torn out. Authorities did not comment on whether the tongue was removed before or after the young man died. There are no suspects as of yet, but police are continuing the investigation. The very bottom of this corkboard murder listing has a title that reads, Tourists Find Body of Woman in Mouth of Susquehanna. That last news heading... Forests' fine body of woman in Mouth of Susquehanna, Weiss Island, where Lillian Grayson was found, is on the Susquehanna River. Could this be relating to her, or is this a totally different person? Also, what I find remarkable is that all of the bodies had large puncture wounds to the liver. Why? These people have got to have been killed all by the same person, or persons. If I remember correctly, Lillian Grayson had 13 stab wounds to the abdomen. Her liver was not mentioned in the autopsy specifically, but could her liver have been affected as well? Perhaps it could have, considering your liver is in your abdomen. And being stabbed 13 times, uh, yeah, I would say that the chances are pretty high up there that the liver would be lacerated. Could that be a link? Could there be more bodies out there? And to be quite frank, the body found in Virginia sure sounds a heck of a lot like Alan, whom Heather seems to be pretty upset with in her letter. Heather said she brought alcohol, waited until her parents were away, and talks about music. The news article touches on all three of those references. I really want to know more about Heather. Where did she come from? How did they begin writing each other? What is their arrangement? So many unanswered questions. But as I have stated before, We will get to the bottom of this. This case will not go unsolved.
0: Our final piece of evidence is one which we briefly spoke of earlier it's a news article about Lloyd McGowan the welcoming letter and John William James correspondence both make references to it real quick before I read the news article the inspector inventory sheet's comments say would you look at that Mr. McGowan bought the farm now The article reads as follows. Man released from mental institution found dead at home. By W.D. Jerome. A man was found dead in his home in Clifton Wednesday morning when a social worker made a house call. Lloyd McGowan, 76 years old, was released last month from a private mental health facility in Darlington, McGowan was born in Albany, New York, to Patrick and A.O.F. McGowan. He struggled his entire life with mental health issues, being first admitted to the care of mental health professionals a day after his 26th birthday. Police say an autopsy revealed high concentrations of organophosphates in his blood, a class of chemicals traditionally used as agricultural insecticides, though highly toxic to humans. After meeting with representatives from the Darlington Healthcare Facility, investigators have determined that McGowan was in a healthy state of mind. Though we don't understand the motive, a police spokesman said over the phone, and this is clearly a tragic story, we're considering the case closed. No one with close ties to the investigation was made available for comment. It's a shocker to hear this news to say the least Jess and I believed in Lloyd's innocence more or less from the start it never added up that he killed Lillian and we still believe that now upon his recent release someone has made sure Lloyd would never reveal any secrets he may have known why was he framed why would someone kill him Could it somehow be this heather striking again? The autopsy showed toxic levels of organophosphates in his blood. Chemicals commonly used for agricultural purposes. What the hell? This is basically a pesticide, and death from it would be painful. You are essentially paralyzed and suffocate, not pleasant. Lloyd McGowan was dealt a tough deal in life. From a seemingly rough childhood to mental instability. Then he was prosecuted under false allegations. Locked up and medicated for decades. To now uh, apparently being murdered at an old age just as he finally gained his freedom. It's a sad story. I hope his soul is at ease. And Lloyd can rest in peace, wherever that is. Possible that Heather is a sort of apprentice to John William James? Something of an understudy?
1: It's possible.
0: You know, like perhaps he's doing his bidding. You know, doing his dirty work since he's locked away at the mental facility. You know, like Hannibal and Red Dragon from the movie.
1: Great movies. Look. I know this case is going in a million different directions, but if this is indeed all connected, in addition to Lillian Grayson, we have another four related murders on our hands. Without a doubt, Lloyd McGowan was taken out intentionally. I do not believe for one second that he hurt Lillian.
0: And don't forget about Madsen. He's missing too. But yeah, it's really a shame we couldn't verify Lloyd's whereabouts upon release. It was very hush-hush. I suppose when they keep a man locked up for decades for a crime he didn't commit, you wouldn't want that being the talk of the town.
1: It was a very quiet release, but who would have the motive to kill or have Lloyd McGowan silenced?
0: I would have liked to speak to Lloyd directly and get some questions answered, but that's never going to happen now.
1: No. No, it's not. I'll have another detective see if he can find any information regarding a woman named Heather and those murders. But I'm not holding my breath on that one. It's a good idea. You look exhausted today. You okay?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm hanging in there. It was kind of a rough night last night.
1: Time for a chucky movie night?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that needs to happen soon.
1: Okay. Well, I need my new hotshot detective to be sharp and fresh.
0: I've barely figured out anything in this case. You're taking the lead on this one.
1: Yeah. Pretty much. Watch and learn, detective. Watch and learn.
0: Yes, ma'am. This has been a Circular Logic Studios presentation. Hunting a Killer is produced, written, and performed by Phil and Jessica Allen. Editing by Phil Allen. Based on Hunt a Killer.